This episode of the Two Fit Crazies in a Microphone podcast is brought to you by TFC Productions. Two Fit Crazy Productions, TFC Productions, that's our production company helping people with their podcasts. Increase your brand, grow your business by creating your very own podcast, and we are here to help you every step of the way. You do not have to do all the work. We do a lot of it for you. This podcast is also brought to you by ContiFit.com. Get the best online training, the best in arthritis, in let's face it together, facial fitness and rehabilitation, all sorts of functional fitness training at your fingertips. That's ContiFit.com. Also brought to you by High Five Health and Fitness. Uh, virtual health coaching sessions and corporate wellness programs, all the information at high5healthandfitness.com. It is Christine Conte. And I'm Brian Prendergast. And we are Two Fit Crazies. And the microphone. We are where it's at. I'm saying nothing about we're how excited a, I am about this year. We're going to have a nice clean intro here, Conti. <laughs> you and I, we're on the same page. I know this is coming out a little bit after the fact. But I can't help but be really excited about Happy today. Happy Halloween, Christine. Oh. <laughs> oh, it's an ongoing joke, folks. It's so an joke. I am. I'm really excited about today. I am too. Because it's a, a new day, a new four years, a, uh, inauguration day, coronation day, That's whatever right. you want to call it. Um, we're we're, we're uh, recording a, here on inauguration yeah. day. Yeah. It's rebirth. It's fresh. It's new life. Every four years. That's right. New to look forward to, whatever. I don't really... Okay, so here's the deal. I don't really care your political affiliation. I mean, maybe I do sometimes. But right now, I don't really care if you're a Republican, Democrat, you're an alien. I don't care. But it's a big day for women. That's all I have to say. There you go. Okay? This is a a big day. A vice president is a woman. Yeah, there's a second, the second um, man, the second, the second lady. Yeah, oh, I love it. Um, so they just introduced him as Mister. There was oh, no, yeah, oh, I it was pretty, it. It was I pretty love cool. it. So I was always thinking, like, what's what's his role? Is he feeling inferior to Kamala? Or anyway, um, I think he's okay. He I think he's to okay too. He's like, himself. I'm good. Um, so needless to say, we've got a woman vice president, female, and also um, African American and Southeast. Asian descent. Yeah, no, it's good. It's, it's fantastic. Look, good. Look, I, everything, yes, everything, woman. everything for me always comes back to track and field and running, mm-hmm. right? And there's a saying in running, right? You hand off the baton in a better, better position than you got it in. Mm-hmm. All right, and that's the goal. Right. That's the goal. If you do that, you've done your job. You've done your mission, right? You get the baton and you hand it off in a better position than it. you got don't it. Drop no, that don't baton. you dare! Don't you dare! Uh-uh. It's the worst no- noise that's ever. Right. It, there's an old saying, it would have been better for you to have died as a young child than to drop the baton. Okay. Who said that? <laughs> it's, uh, it's partially football metaphor too that went back to John Heisman. Okay. Heisman trophy. He said, fumble the football. We said, drop the baton. But oh anyhow. Okay. Got it. We're getting carried away here. <sighs> Everything's be- good. Everything's because- awesome. We're festive. We've got Carol Scott. Yes. All right. We're keeping it. On the East Coast, we're all freezing. We talk about this. She's got a just fantastic accent because she is a New Yorker, grew up in Queens, far Rockaway, former athlete. And if you haven't heard of Carol Scott, I, I mean, everyone's heard of Carol Scott. You've I heard mean, of things she's done. This is, yeah. Um, this is the godmother of ECA. 
um, which originally was East Coast Alliance changed to East or ECA World Fitness Alliance. Um, I always knew about ECA in the fitness world. I'm from New York. It was the place to go in New York City. It was a huge event. Um, it was usually right in like a hotel in Times Square. It was the best best presenters I've ever seen. They were just, you know, the top choreographers, amazing movers and teachers, and they're great to look at as well. Um, <laughs> actually, at ECA was the first time I ever met Mindy Milray. Okay. First time I ever met her. Um, Patrick Godot, give him a shout out. He's the cardio ball guy. Oh my God. He was amazing. It's these legends, legends. Were, and, and, were there. And on purpose, oh. energy, right? Diversity, uh, inclusion, and really just fun, fun, active crowd, Wait. active audience, active trainers. Acceptance, tolerance. There you go. Oh, I know. They, oh, it's great. All on purpose and mm-hmm. all, you know, brought out by Carol. And you're going to hear this in the conversation. She's fantastic. Um, you know, the ECA ran for 25 years, uh, you know, large scale fitness convention uh, that that is, you know, was really, really impactful for many. Um, you know how she got started. It, this is one of those podcasts where it's like, all right, so when did you start? And then you get the uh, you know, you get that. Well, I just shout out jumped. to Cortland and the phys ed department. That's right. where you're supposed to go if you live on the East Coast. It's like it, I mean, she did. It's another one of those. Well, the, the instructor didn't show up. So I just jumped mm-hmm. in and took over. And then, like, the rest is history. You and know? then I became this, you know, person who is just very influential in the fitness industry. And I, I'd just like to throw out there that Carol is another example of I worked my ass off. Like, I totally. didn't start, you know, I thought I was going to go into this and be a teacher and blah, blah. And she's like, it wasn't my passion. It wasn't my calling. And you know what? It's the same thing as if you're going to be successful in any company you got to learn how to flip the fries before you buy a million dollar chain. Right. You want to know how to do everything. And she did. And she talks about, you know, from instructor to manager to GM to this, to blah, blah, blah. And again, she worked her way up. It wasn't overnight. And I throw this out here to all of us. And even sometimes I think of it myself as patience. We have to be patient. Our podcast is how many years old now? Three years old? 207 episodes. And we're just getting started, Brian. We're just getting started. Is right. that crazy? Yeah. I know. He's like, oh my God, no, I thought no, we were no, going to no, be no, done no. with you no, soon. No, never, okay. never. Um, yeah, uh, poor Brian is stuck with me now because we did the marketing and we've got the material and it's our voices. So As I'm, if I'm sane. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> As if I'm like normal. It's just we we pass the baton back and forth to see who's like going through something crazier at the time. I'm, I'm quiet crazy. You're out loud crazy. I That's don't know true. what it is. Quiet, quiet crazy scary. That is scary. Yeah. You never know what you're thinking. Like you're going right. <laughs> to. Let's give Carol her Ca- due. Seriously, Carol's amazing. Um, please enjoy all of her. She's sitting out in bougie Hamptons right now, but she is um, such an amazing woman. Conscious Body Consulting is what she's up to. And um, make sure you uh, listen up for when she talks about the Fitness Industry Guild because you might just want to hear about Fig. that. Fitness yeah. Industry Guild is coming our way shortly. And uh, it's, you know, it's a new project for her. And look, all this is fantastic. We really love um, her body, you know, her, her her body of work, obviously, her energy, and just what she stands for. And her is, accent. It's just a beautiful thing. And her accent, mm-hmm. of course. So here we go. Uh, Two Fit Crazy in a Microphone podcast. Enjoy, everybody.
is Christine Conti. And I'm Brian Prendergast. And we are Two Fit Crazies. And the microphone. We are where it's at. You know where it's at, Brian. Right here. It is right here. Right now. And we have the Carol Scott with us. The. You got today. a D in front of you, Carol Scott. Because she's a Thank pretty you. cool woman, is all I have to say. I agree. I agree. Carol, how are you? I'm actually doing really well. I am an optimist and a go with the flow kind of girl, so I'm doing great. All right. So tell us where are you coming to us from today? I'm coming to you from the Hamptons. So yeah, I'm in the rarefied air. <laughs> and um, this has been my home for over 20 years. And it's kind of the, also the headquarters of my business, Conscious Body Consulting. Awesome. All right. Wh- what, where in the Hamptons are you, Carol? I'm in a town called Sagaponic, which is right outside the town of Bridgehampton. Got it. It is not so bad out there. Hey. No. It's not so bad. Hey, I'm a, I born and raised in Babylon. And, oh, okay. Uh, oh, yeah. Um, I love it. We've been doing like a Northeast tour lately on our podcast. Sometimes, you know, our guests are from all over the world. And, you know, sometimes we're like heavily California, uh, yeah, Canada. Like- and lately, the last couple of guests have been Northeast. And we're like, yes, the <laughs> accents are yes. on point. Everyone's freezing. We don't have to hear about San Diego's sunshine at this point. I'm like, right? yeah, commiseration. No one mistakes me for anything but a New Yorker. Not with this accent. <laughs> I love it. That's awesome. It makes me feel like I'm home. You know, yeah, <laughs> oh. right. Well, you can adopt me. I'm Jersey Shore boy f- through and through, but uh, I get it. I hear you. Mm-hmm. It's New York. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I, I can. I heard that as soon as you came on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, my yeah. gosh. All right. So let's let's start here. Carol Scott. If you have not heard of Carol Scott, she is um, been all over the fitness industry, and you know her her history runs deep. All right, I'm just going to say that. Carol, you have done so many different things in the industry. I know it's hard to know where to start, right? We talked about this before. And let's start here. Carol, where did you grow up and how the heck did you start in the fitness industry? Oh, my goodness. Mm -hmm. Okay. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not going to tell you how old I am, but I'm dated. I go back. I go back to like when – girls were called tomboys if they did any kind of physical activity. So I grew up as a tomboy. I played basketball in the schoolyard, but I was lucky enough to live around the corner from Nancy Lieberman, who I don't know if you guys know, but she's now a coach for the Sacramento Kings. And she played on the Olympics, the first women's Olympics team. She played the first WNBA. Then she was a coach in the WNBA. Anyway, she's a a basketball phenomenon. So she more or less mentored me in the game. Now, mind you, I'm only five foot two, so my career did not <laughs> have the same trajectory. Uh, but I was in the schoolyard playing sports my whole life, and I was always an athlete. And I played in high school, and we won the Queens Division. I grew up in Far Rockaway, so we won the Queens Division in basketball, and I played on the softball team. And I was always very active. And I went to a very large uh, urban school. So when I went to the guidance counselor, And, you know, they spent all of maybe two minutes with me. What do you want to be when you grow up? They said, well, we see that you play sports and you have good grades. Go be a phys ed teacher. Mm -hmm. So I not taking into account anything. I was like, "Okay." so I did. I went to Cortland State. I became a phys ed teacher. I did my four years. I went to student teaching. I went into the student teaching and I absolutely hated it. The kids didn't want to play sports. They didn't want to be in gym. 
you rolled out the balls. You couldn't change the curriculum. I said, oh, you know what? Four years down the drain, this isn't going to work for me. So when I graduated, I went into the um, travel business. So I figured while I'm deciding what I want to be when I grow up, why don't I fly around the world on a discount? So while I was doing that, I moseyed into a, I guess it was a, a fitness studio at the time, and they were dancing to music and working out. And I thought, wow, this is brilliant. I want some of that. So I went in and I was taking classes. And then one day the instructor didn't show up. And I said, I think I can do it because I have my degree in phys ed, so I definitely won't hurt anybody. And I've been taking classes. Uh, all right. So I had 10 minutes of the 45 and I just repeated it four times. And when I finished it, I realized uh, this is the career for me. <laughs> and ever since that day, I've been moving through the fitness industry. And um, again, I was a bit of a pioneer because I'm early to date in the industry. It was mostly fitness studios at the time. I noticed that there were not a lot of New York or East Coast represented presenters on a national level. And I decided to start my own uh organization so that we could highlight East Coast talent. And that became uh, ECA, which was at first started out to be East Coast Alliance. And then it became international and became ECA. At the same time, I was all, also a program director at a health club and ACE was, you know, certifying people in AFA and people were having a hard time with the manual. So I actually sat down with them and went page to page teaching them the manual. Everybody passed the ACE exam with flying colors, and they said, you should do this. So I started the first East Coast Instructor Training School. I was one of the first 12 accredited schools by ACE across the country. There were different regions uh, to train people to become fitness professionals, either a personal trainer or a group X. So concurrently, I ran ECITS and ECA, which was continuing ed, and boom, that was my history for 20, 25 years. I know. She's got all that, she's, Christine? She's got, uh, she's got a couple <laughs> things in her, in her pocket. Yeah. Uh, Nancy Lieberman, uh, has a mutual friend in our friend, Brian Hanlon, who made a statue of her, a good friend of ours and a friend of the show is, is, uh, is a sculptor. Oh my gosh. And he actually did some work at Richmond where his, the, her son Richie was playing, right? Um, mm -hmm. most recently and they connected very well and they're, they are, um, they're like BFF because, um, really? from what everything I hear about Nancy is that she's fantastic. She's fantastic. All people from Rockaway are fantastic. <laughs> there you have it. Oh, that's awesome. See, it's a, it's six degrees separation from yeah. the two fit it crazies. Is. Well, that's it's what the it fitness is. world and, and, yeah. uh, active people and, and, uh, living, living lives. Well, good people like yeah. good people and we attract each other. That's what it is, you know? Um, Okay, so number one, everyone who's everyone, you go get your phys ed degree from Cortland. <laughs> That's number one that I learned when I was younger growing up on Long Island. You know? True, true, true. Um, yes. I played volleyball for Binghamton um, later ah, on. Yeah, see? Okay. So we were, you know, not... I was Competitors. A, yes. Mm -hmm. We weren't dragons. <laughs> we actually became bearcats after that. But, um, right. So now, this is... I always have to ask this. So... You now went, oh, you get your degree. I'm sure it went over really well that you were not going to be teaching with your four-year degree. Yes, you can imagine. Um, I can. And then, <laughs> from someone leaving careers to be like, I'm going to go into fitness. Yeah, my mother's like, that's not a career. What are you doing? Um, and that's her voice. So she, um, so I always ask, like, so you go into to travel and now what is the, 
again, how do you go from, hey, the instructor doesn't show up to I'm going to start teaching classes to now, hey, by the way, I'm going to um, start organizing ECA. Um, well, it didn't happen all that quickly. Right. I, taught, I taught for a while. Then I moved up the ranks. I became like a floor manager. I worked in sales. I did front desk. Um, I became program director. While I was program director, that's when I started ECA because I was already managing a facility and I saw the need for continuing ed. I started to do little things like workshops up the Northeast Corridor. So I would go to Vermont, I would go to Maine, New Hampshire, and I would actually present continuing education workshops and education. And then it grew from there. So it was a grassroots kind of guerrilla marketing, small-based starting in New York and then branching out up to, uh, I guess, Maine. And then we started to go the other direction. So then we, I started to hit New Jersey and Connecticut and Pennsylvania and Maryland. And then it just went down the coast all the way to Florida. And then it started to go across the country. But the, the country actually came to me. Um, I was busy doing up and down the coast when people started to come to the New York convention and everybody loved it. So they were like, does it have to be the East Coast that you have to be on to attend. And I was like, oh, God, I have to change the name. <laughs> so we, I kept the core letters of East Coast Alliance, and it became ECA World Fitness Alliance to incorporate the rest of the world. Because I always brought talent in from all over the United States and Europe and internationally. I had people from all over the world present. I wanted to open up it up because I always felt like fitness was a conduit towards a, a, a more spiritual awakening, uh, uh, for lack of a better term. You know, I think fitness is very multifaceted. It's not just working on the body. It gives a person a great sense of empowerment. And I wanted to kind of build a world where there was a lot of recognition of, of talent and there was uh, unity and there was diversity and there was acceptance and tolerance. And I, I always thought and I always saw it in, in, in athletes and in athletics, people from various backgrounds, ethnicities, racial lines, all got along on the field. So I thought, let's bring this into the real world, and maybe we can create a better universe, a better America, a better, a better planet. I, that's beautiful. And, and it's often something <laughs> – no, it is. And, and, and because that's why we work out, right? We want to feel good. But, you know, maybe at, at some point it was, you know, a means to an end athletically or, or you know, you were, you were involved with a team and, and the effort was, you know, somewhat goal-driven in a different direction. But ultimately now, especially as, as grown-ups, uh, you know, we like to work out and feel good and we like to be healthy. You know, it's just, it's just so a, a general sense of better well-being. And – but the business end of that – it's sometimes lost on on that, and here you are, you know, organizing things on a different end, um, but including all of those things. Um, you know, was that a, a goal? You know, you said it was a goal, but was it? You know, did that become uh, something that you were aware of as you were in it, or is it something that you saw was lacking in the industry? I didn't think it was lacking in the industry. I kind of capitalized it and wanted to propel it forward in a bigger way. I think it was always in the industry. That's what I always noticed. There was no real barrier. If you had it was merit-based, you know, athletics is merit-based. If you're really good at something, you will excel. We don't really care about your background, who you are, what's going on. If you can, you know, do the job, make the play, score the goal, uh, whatever it is, you know, we'll recognize you and hallelujah and celebrate you. And I just always knew that about athletics, being a child athlete through adulthood. And I just wanted to bring that into the fitness community, which is something I already saw and just pushed forward and used it as a platform to then make it 
a bigger mission. And I already had a day job because I was program director at a health club maintaining a salary. So when I started ECA, it was more of an altruistic goal of let me just do one. Um, I'll spend some money. And if it doesn't work out, it's okay. It's not my day job. I, I'm not going to quit my day job. But if it hits, then great. This thing could propel forward. And the first year was just like hit or miss. I had no expectations. I had no goals. I was just like, let's just throw that spaghetti up on the wall and see if it sticks and hopefully shine some light on local talent and whatever happens, happens. But at the end of it, people were coming up to me and saying, when is next year? And I was like, wow, I, I didn't think about next year. I'm more <laughs> like a day-to-day kind of girl. I don't have a five-year plan. So I was like, okay, I better plan for next year. And then once it blossomed, I would say maybe the third to five years that it was going, I really saw that it could be something larger than just fitness itself. And then I started to bring in all that messaging and all the advertising, all the messages, all the newsletter, everything was directed towards we're a unified, you know, glorious, tolerant, respected, you know, inclusive fitness profession. Let's shine a light on that. And that was one of the things. We started um, a foundation called Oboe, which means One Body, One World, and that's trademarked. <laughs> um, and that was our way of giving back. And every year we donated some, 5 to 10% of all the profits that we made into Oboe, and that was for, like, the planet and its people. So we took a different cause every year and donated money to them. And I always felt like, you know, we all have, you know, citizenship is both ways. I know that it's been a very politicized world this year and we're all looking at our political leaders as like, what have they done for us lately? But in the end, it's a, it's a, it's a two way street and we have a responsibility as citizens as well. So we can either make the world a better place or a worse place. So I always tried to make it a better place. Where did you, where, where were you inspired by this? Where did this, where does this come from? Because not everyone has this. This is very much, very deep, Carol. And what was it? Was it a person? Was it your upbringing? It was, oh God, are you going to laugh? Everyone's going to laugh. I'm embarrassed to say it, but this is, I was inspired by Star Trek, by Captain James T. Kirk and the Starship (laughs) Enterprise, whose five-year mission was to explore strange new worlds and seek out new life and new civilizations and boldly go where no man has gone before. And they had a very diverse crew, if you remember. There were people from outer space. There were all different uh, ethnicities represented. And I just thought, what a wonderful world that is. I want to be James T. Kirk. I want to be on on a starship, which was became ECA, leading towards, you know, being a benefactor or a representative of what can be when we focus and go towards the light. So, yeah, James T. Kirk was a big, big... uh, factor for me. Also, Muhammad Ali is a very big, um, like one of my heroes. And so is John Lennon. So I think the three of them, and it's funny because they're all male, they were, they were my driving factor towards uh, being bigger than just myself and, and looking more towards uh, a contribution beyond the monetarily uh, you know, vested. My gosh, Carol Scott, I am picking up what you're putting down. I'm Everything. So yeah, no, excited I, that I asked that question. Yeah. Good one, Christine. Uh, <laughs> I'm putting the check mark on the board for you on that one. Um, because it, it's everything. Um, you know, you have John Lennon. I love John Lennon and I love Muhammad Ali and not quite James T. Kirk, but, uh, you, you know, or Captain Kirk. 
Um, but uh, you know, I'm a big Clash guy. Joe Strummer is my guy, right? And he, and he there wrote, you go. yeah. So he's you know, without people, we are nothing, right? And and that's the whole thing. Um, you know, we have to have, and that's something that we've again lost. And that's one of the reasons why I asked you that question about how you know it does get business does get in the way of that sometimes because it comes becomes bottom line, but only if we let it. Um, and you weren't having it. No, I agree. I. And I've done lecture series throughout. I'm also known as a motivational speaker. And I guess because I come from this point of view where if you follow your passion, money will come. If you're just looking for the payday, then you, can, you should really do something that pays more because our business is not, you know, you're not going to become a millionaire in, in fitness, usually, most, most generally speaking. Um, so, you know, you better, you better have a strong passion for it. And we're actually, as fitness professionals, thrust into the role of leadership because we are training people. And if you're on a stage in front of 40 people an hour when you teach classes, you do have some responsibility to that audience. And if you are training people one-on-one, you do have responsibility to that client. And they do look at you as someone, as a, as a role model. So why not be a role model for good and not just, you know, a bicep curl? I Quick question for you. Number one, what was the first year of ECA? It dates back to uh, 1993. Got it. All right. Um, as someone who has attended ECA and also who has, oh, has presented on behalf of various companies, I know it's hysterical because we never cross paths. It's no, there is. A, well, I know everybody, but we don't always, I don't always know that I lurk and I am always everywhere. <laughs> um, so I've only, I've only, you know, opened the, what is it? Opened the shades in the last couple of years to be like, yep. We're, mm-hmm. we're only on episode 207 I was, here. I was there. Uh huh. What, whatever it is, I was there. Um, and because you've got to learn, you've got to expose yourself to people that are better than you, people that have this, you know, innate, I want this citizenship, I want unity and diversity. And as someone from New York, of course, you know, you hear about this ECA, you hear about Carol Scott organizing this. And I'm like, I don't know who she is, but damn, this is a great <laughs> conference because again, for, for someone like me who, has fitness was always a hobby for me. It wasn't a full-time crazy mm-hmm. thing until the last three years because you, you built, like you said, I yeah. love the fact that you said I put the time in. It's not yes. just, Hey, I'm a Insta celebrity and look, I took a picture of my butt and now you should hire me as your trainer. And the, no, that this isn't, this is hurting our industry. And Terribly. You, know, you put the time in and I tell people all the time, you know, they're like, what do you do? And I'm like, I'm in the business of fitness that involves business and marketing and organization and, you know, podcasting and whatever the hell else we do with the world. Um, but when I attended ECA, I always kept my eyes open. It was so diverse, Carol. And yeah. I know that, you know, New York City for me growing up in New York, there is only one city in the world. It's called New York. But that is that made a difference. And it stuck out in my mind from, you know, now going and, you know, traveling the world and to different um, conferences and and seeing the, the faces in the fitness industry. It was fantastic to see so many different programs and ethnicities and religions and represented and the quality of the talent unbelievable um yeah so for that 
you know, I have to say just to back up, like this was your passion. You can tell because when people go out and they put their passion forward, it almost automatically weeds out the people that are not in the same mindset. Yeah. Well, you know what? It was a very concerted effort and I did, uh, my programming was very thoughtful because I did not just take people that had talent. I, ha- I, I only picked presenters because I was able to that also had a message to give and that also felt simul- similarly. I didn't care if you have diverse opinions. In, ter- in fact, I wanted as many diverse opinions as possible. Like I, I, I remember having Paul Check battling with Juan Carlos Santana, you know, on which <laughs> – which method they should do and why, and, you know, be very passionate about their road. And, and the Pilates instructors also like, no, it should be this one. And no, it should be like that. But none of them were, you know, egomaniacs or above anybody else or didn't feel like they were contributing. So their mindset also had to match ECA's ethos. And we had a code of ethics and we had our vision and mission and if you weren't on board that, you, you weren't a presenter for us because there's enough talent out there that also, you know, want to do good in the world. And so it, it was, it was uh, you know, very assimilated as, as, as far as goals on the spiritual, emotional, um, mindful area. But on the platform of education and diversity, that was very widespread. I mean, you stood for something. Yeah, you know, you we had did. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's it's important, and uh, and you know, especially at that time where, you know, uh, you know, I'm sure conventions and things like that they're probably difficult to market compared to the way things are now. Oh my God. Uh, you know, how did how did you even do that? How did you even spread the word to get the word out that you were doing something? You know what? We were not the biggest, and we were not the cheapest. We were expensive. We I used to tell people like. Uh, you know, if you look at the industry, there's Macy's out there, there's, uh, you know, Walmart, there's, but we're Barney's because we're in the city, we're a curated brand, and we're on the high side in terms of expense. But you will get emerging artists that are amazing. And that was pretty much who we were. And mailing, we just did massive amounts mm-hmm. of mailings. And you know what? It was a lot of word of mouth. We had a very, very strong fan base. And they brought their friends and neighbors and they really might the people that made ECA a success were the attendees because they stood by us year in, year out. I have some people that they never missed a convention in 25 years, you know, and even during snowstorms and 9-11 and whatever else happened, they came and they brought people. So they they really perpetuated ECA for me. And, you know, one of our big I think one of our big blanket statements was no fear, you know, like don't come from a point of fear, come from a point of empowerment, stand up for yourself, stand up for others. And that, that stimulates a lot of people. And that, you know, when you, when you resonate with people, when you have a message for people that they believe in, they will be your staunch supporters. And uh, they, they kept us going. The last, I'm just thinking as the last ECA where I presented, was when I was speaking with Galad. <laughs> wow. What year was that? <laughs> I don't know. I don't remember. Um, I don't know what I, I do not remember even what he was doing. He wasn't, he wasn't there to do anything fitness except to do signings and sign whatever he was, whatever he came out with. Okay. Yes. But that was in the two thousands. Mm-hmm. That was the last time that I was there. Mm-hmm. 
but it's but that's the <laughs> thing awesome. like he you know it's you bring a lot of joy to this like you know it's that's not you don't see that at every convention or every you know um, no and i don't understand that a lot of people you know I, and i i think the business has evolved in that direction i think we're much more business oriented and dollar sensitive and less emotional and i don't know whether that's just a sign of the times or you know litigiousness in the industry or the direction or the people that have come after us, but it used to be all about joy. And a lot of it has to do with when fitness, like group fitness first launched, it was very much based in dance and dance is a joyful experience. <laughs> There's no way around that. I don't care. You know, you could be good at it or bad at it, but while you're dancing, you're pretty much a happy camper. So the dance aspect, I think pervaded the, the emotional aspect of a lot of it. And then the other stuff alongside of it, you know, you couldn't help it, but get caught up. And, um, you know, I mean, that was always the most watched, too. I mean, people would come in and not even necessarily participate in those classes, but they would watch them all because they were so amazing to watch. I had people that were choreographers from Michael Jackson and, you know, you name it. And they were there also to teach, uh, you know, regular fitness people. So, you know, that was I think that had a, a factor to it. But I, there's probably a whole bunch of factors as to why we and I also think and, and you know, this is not going to be politically correct either. But a lot of the people that are now jumping into fitness are, you know, because now we've become a profitable, you know, industry that venture capitalists are looking at and people, you know, angel investors are looking into and they're dollars and cents kind of people. They're suits and they count the pennies. They don't count the smiles. So. You know, they want to see return on investment. And I think that that has played a part that mm -hmm. people jump in. They have their Harvard MBAs, but, you know, they can't. It's five, six, seven, eight is not happening. Right. So I think that that's been somewhat of a factor in moving forward. Oh, I'll say it. I'm going to stir the pot right now. Go I'm going to stir the pot. All right. You ready? Go ahead. I'm stirring the pot. <laughs> um, so I've had experience with this. Y'all know who you are. Um, there are a lot of different fitness boutiques and places that pop up exactly what you just said. People think, hey, you know what? I see the dollars and cents. I know nothing about fitness. I know nothing about whatever. I just want to buy these locations and just make millions. And that's not how it Correct. works. It, fitness is something that you have. You, you want to actually genuinely innately want to help people. And if you yes. don't have that, get the hell out. Or if I, I have if I have one more person like introduce themselves to me as an entrepreneur, it's like okay, okay we're all entrepreneurs now, <laughs> right? Right, it's a gig economy. Get with it. Oh my goodness! Are oh, you right. in fitness? Well, I'm an entrepreneur. Yeah. Well, okay. Okay. All right. Your office is at Starbucks. Don't you know? Don't, don't. Look, we're all trying to figure this shit out together. Okay, we get it. We're all moving forward. Carol, this is what I want to know. I want to know about the evolution of Carol Scott. Because you've had so much experience, and now what's going on now? So, okay, obviously, so it, yeah, go ahead. No, go ahead. I'm sorry to cut you off. No, go I was going to say the, um, you know, ECA got to a point, and now obviously no one's doing anything in person, and, you know, you're in the Hamptons. What's going on? Okay, so in addition to ECA, because I don't know why, but I took on the director of the national director of group fitness for Equinox as well. So I, I ran Equinox for about five years while ECA was going on. Um, and that gave me a great perspective inside the, the big box theory as mm -hmm. in what, what went on in the big boxes. And 
I was really able to learn a lot of the business aspects of the gym business from a larger perspective. So here I am. I've been a salesperson, a front desk, a personal trainer, a group X instructor, an operations manager, a general manager, an assistant manager, a program director for group fitness. I've worn all the hats. And while I was running ECA, um, people would call and ask me questions. I used to, you know, magazines would call, what are the trends? Other businesses would call, they needed help or they needed, uh, they were recruiting. We were, a, ECA's trainings program was a big recruitment for New York Sports Club and Equinox because we were based in the city and we were training people and they went through 55 hours. And so we were a great placement for them in bringing them staff. So I saw all these outlets and I think that the consulting part of it just grew out of people just calling me on the phone and me wanting to help them. And I never charged them. I would just help because once again, I'm perpetuating the industry. See, that's another thing that doesn't happen anymore is people don't do things unless they see direct benefit for themselves. And that's, that's not true. If you keep giving back, if you keep putting into the bank, then one day when you need to make a withdrawal, you'll have some money there. And you know, you don't always have to do things for your benefit. You should also do things for others' benefits. So I did a lot of that until sometimes now they started calling me and saying, look, we want to pay you. Come help us. So I was like, okay, sure. There's no convention going on for a couple of months. I have some time uh, on my hands, and I would go help them. So I started helping small boutiques uh, and, and doing everything and anything just because through my vast experience and age of being there and doing that in every aspect, I could tell you like what flooring to put in or building from the ground up or architectural plans or what lockers to purchase or, you know, what sinks to buy or what floor to put in and what lights to put in and how to set up a spin studio and how to set up a big box and how to hire, recruit, train operations, manuals, how to, you know, filling the seats doing sales, you know, advertising, marketing, because I did all that in one aspect or another. So the, the consulting just kind of branched out from there. So while ECA and the industry was morphing, I started to get more and more business in the consulting. And when ECA was waning because everything started to get very proprietary and no one wanted to share anymore, and I saw the handwriting on the wall, I was watching the decline, I knew, you know, okay, I better, you know, gear up because this might not make it. And in the end, it didn't make it. It went to its fruition, which was 25 years. So I, I think of it as its success. Um, I transitioned into consulting. So, you know, my big comment to everybody when, when I do do consulting about business is never quit your day job. Mm -hmm. Have something that you can streamline alongside until that's sailing full and you can cut the, cut the ropes on whatever isn't working for for you. So I did a lot of that. And that's how consulting just grew out of that. Um, presently being in the Hamptons, I'm more or less sitting on a fence because, um, you know, I don't, I haven't done anything, uh, non-virtually and it's very hard to do consulting non-virtually. So I have a little bit of consulting that I've done, vir uh, you know, virtually, but not a lot. But I'm lucky enough that I, I never put all my eggs in one basket. I'm a what-if girl, so I do investments in stocks and real estate. Uh, so I'm okay. You know, I could do that. I can sit on the fence during this pandemic and wait wait for it to pass. You are diversified. 
Mm-hmm. Yes. I am diversified. <laughs> we're gonna we're so, gonna give Carol the multi potentialite uh, title well, as yeah, well. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> but it's it's good. There's not there isn't a situation you can walk into that you don't uh, have experience with, and that's what makes you know get, makes you so valuable, and uh, you know provides the value in your consultant business. Um, conscious body consulting, which you know we're finding some parallels here in your uh, in in your uh, naming of your business and everything that you stand for. So uh, that's pretty yes. neat. Yes. Um, so we have to get into it, I suppose. Mm-hmm. What are you seeing? What's COVID doing to everybody, um, you know, out there? What What are you, um, you know, forecasting? COVID's uh, affecting us? Well, kind of. <laughs> I'm sorry. Kind of. I'm sorry. <laughs> Depends on how you look I, at it. Right? Oh, God. Yeah. Well, you know, this was a curveball nobody expected. We haven't had one of these for 100 years, so I don't see why we should have expected it. But here we it hit us on the nose, and we went down. And um, I saw a lot of people jump back very quickly, which I, you know, I applaud and give them a lot of credit for. They set up digital platforms immediately and, and started doing their, their scene digitally, which I've seen some people are actually more of a success now than they were when they were employees of other firms. Now they're self-employed and they're, they're doing even better. So for some people, this has been a boon. For other people, they are definitely suffering. For uh, a lot of small mom and pops, they've you know, a lot of them have gone out of business because, you know, the rent is due and there's nobody in, in the seats. And then the big boys are hurting because, you know, they may have over leveraged themselves in terms of locations and they can't sustain the business without clientele. Uh, so, all right, that's like the hardship. But what I see happening in the future, and I think that, you know, a lot of people have seen a lot of different things. I've been a pretty good forecaster my whole life. I, I don't want you to I don't want to tell people to bet the farm on me, but. I foresee both happening. I foresee the rise in digital along with people still going back to the gym. I absolutely positively know in my heart that once the vaccine is out and we get the pandemic under control, people will go back to the gyms. There is a reason why people love group fitness, why they love personal training, why they love to be in social environments. We are social creatures. We are forced into our homes now. We are forced into isolation. We are going to explode when we are able to. Imagine if someone said to you tomorrow, take your mask off. You're free to go. And what? You're going to stay home and sit in your house? No, you're getting out there. You've been in your house for almost a year. So I think that's going to be a boom. And I also think that some people really learned and enjoyed working out at home. So I think that's going to continue as well. I think that this is going to actually be the impetus for the industry to grow even more. You see the success of Peloton. You see the success of, you know, uh, Lululemon just bought Mira. Um, there's a lot of online apps doing really well. And the gyms, they will all come back. And there so that's you, my big forecast. And there you have my it. My optimistic. No, I, my you optimistic have to be. forecast. I, I agree with you. And I, and I agree with you for, you know, ju- just like you said, I think that people are – are doing a little bit more that they wouldn't have done. Uh, you know, they're doing things at home, Peloton, riding a bike in their living room. Like, you know, they weren't doing that before because they always had a, a membership. And then, you know, but I also see as soon as people can, you know, go back, like you said, you know, it's the community aspect. It's the, it's the, you know, the tribe uh, and all those things that we loved, like especially on the boutique end, like, the, you know, people are longing for the place that I work uh, at is, is a very, you know, it's a small, it's a community gym. We've got two of them and, and it's family and uh, people can't wait to get back to that. And, you know, so 
you know, and I, I do agree. If uh, we're, we're looking at Roaring Twenties Part Two here, uh, you know, if uh, if uh, this vaccine hits uh, and we can get everybody out there doing their thing again. Um, yes, I definitely think that it's we're going to have a have a major increase in business and we're going to fly. We're not going to we're not even going to run. We're going to fly as soon as we're able. Uh, hey, from uh, your lips to, you know, <laughs> to God's, God's ears, ears right? you know, that's yeah, uh, that's what we have to hope. I mean, again, we're Brian and I love to, you know, we love to run. We race, a, you know, quite a bit. And, you know, we'd love to see another uh, see another race take place with uh, that's the thing, less social yeah. distance happening or, or whatnot. But you know, we feel that we we want that. I don't know how I don't know how close um, or how near in the future that's going to be for you know, I don't know if that's a couple years out, Carol. I don't know what you think about that. I don't even think it's a couple of years yeah. out. I think that, you know, we probably won't get back to normal till the summertime. So I think by the end of the fall of 20 of 2021, you're going to see a big springboard back to normal. Hey, I'm like going to say it again. I love I've I've loved being able to work with people all over the country or the world via Zoom and different platforms. It's been eye-opening. And it I mean, in a marketing, you know, kind of way, I think it's been fan-freaking-tastic. Um, you know, again, but, you know, I miss – I definitely miss that camaraderie, the, you know, camaraderie, the, the, you know, just that energy you get around people. But um, I think that – I really do. Like you said, I think that people are going to continue that. I think I that too. I almost think that now that has become a, you know, a habit that's become a part of your life where, you know, those people that you may have been in contact with or in classes with around the country, I think you they may still have that, you know, in-person experience, but they're still going to want that, you know, that habit that they've, you know, that's their routine now. And with any luck, people may have learned from this that it's a, that it's a positive thing and it's important to take care of your health. <laughs> um, well, you know? then I, that's another thing. See, we were always – we only engaged about 20% of the population in fitness. I think this has created two, two points. One, now people that you know, never really wanted to go into the gym had an outlet and a really good outlet now to start fitness. And with the pandemic, you know – these underlying conditions, obesity, diabetes, you know, a lot of these factors are all health related that could be taken away if they exercise. And I think people are really learning firsthand in a horrible way that they need to take care of their health. So I think we're going to see a surge because I think we're going to engage more of the general population than ever. So let's go uh let's make let's go forward with uh with Carol. So what's your What's your game plan for the next, you know, five years or where do you see yourself There is going? no five-year plan, right, no, Carol? she's every day. There lady. is no five-year plan. I live day to day, but <sighs> I do, I gotta do dream see, big. got to dream big and I do see fitness encompassing and I've said this for many years, but I think it's happening finally, uh, is more of a holistic approach to a complete wellness package. And I think that it's very important to address all aspects, you know, decreasing stress, getting a good night's sleep, nutrition, being a happy person, I think is really important. So I would like to take uh, the ECA platform and make it a little bit broader, turn it digitally and be a, be like more or less a clearinghouse for great fitness, great nutrition, great ideas, great wellness, great 
mindfulness and open it up and become a curator for a bigger platform digitally. And I actually started it a little. Uh, it's in its infancy. It's called FIG, Fitness Instructor Guild. And it has a website. It's called fitnessinstructorguild.com. <laughs> um, but it's really like not a pretty site. It's in its infancy, but it does express some of these goals. And then if you go to the Conscious Body Consulting website, you'll see some of that there as well. And I've been tinkering with it. But if you want to look at a larger, long-term, five-year down the road kind of plan, that's where I see it. I see it, you know, morphing into more of a, uh, uh, a more holistic, global, all-inclusive kind of approach. All right. Two things. Number one, what is your website? Say it for everybody. ConsciousBodyConsulting.com. Everyone needs to figure out how to spell Which, conscious correctly <laughs> is what yeah. I'm telling my <laughs> listeners. Yeah. Yes, it's not it's not conscience because <laughs> that's conscience also, but it's not my spelling. So it's C O N S C I O U S. Conscious Body Consulting dot com. All that, one word. That wasn't a bad question. A I'm going to say it's a great <laughs> podcast, and the artwork on the podcast is, or on I'm sorry, on the website. I'm sorry. Brian's getting ahead of himself. Apparently, he needs you to have a podcast. Maybe. Uh, everybody should have one. Uh, but the artwork on your website is amazing. Uh, you know, Thank I, you. Wh- whoever is, you know, um, we need yeah. to, we need to blow them up because the, the hands and the, and everything, the colors that you use and everything about it. I love it. It's like, it was very grabbing. Well, hopefully it, it hit the, it was an, they were images that projected the emotion and message behind them. And I think they did. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I was on it and I was like just staring at that. It's pretty, you know, it's wild. <laughs> yeah, um, it is a good meditation little yeah. thing to watch. And, and I, again, you know, I, I, I really, um, I, I'm, I'm putting my money on you because you do seem to be a good forecaster. And I love, you know, as a health coach and a trainer, um, you know, and, and a fit pro, I, you know, I really like that combo. And it's just, it can't just be about beating your head, yourself over the head all the time in the gym. And it's got to no. be. You know, we've got to eat well and, and we've got to, um, you know, just be able to, um, you know, just live a better, cleaner, healthier life. It's, um, it's, it's yeah, live a, a happier life, exactly. live a more enriched life, live a less stressed life, live, uh, you know, a good sleep life, not, not sweat the small stuff. You know, we have to learn. It can't just be the, the 45 minutes that you spend in the gym and then the rest of your life is hell. That's right. That's truth. <laughs> All right. Well, anything that uh, the two fit crazies can do to uh, help promote all of your long term, the new improved fitness instructor guild, um, let us know, because uh, I think that that's something, you know, our listeners around the around the globe and especially the two of us are are here to support you, whatever you need, um, because Thank you. definitely making um, making positive impacts for people. And that's why we started this podcast to give people voices that, you know, fitness, wellness, nutrition um, that don't always you know don't always get heard sometimes and um and yeah, this no, is i was always like the wholesaler so i was always in the back back side of things people didn't really know me personally because you know they didn't see me fit you know personally as a person the, the company was was the forefront and the company was for other fitness professionals so it was more or less the wholesaler of the retail fitness industry but i i do appreciate that and i think that as a whole our industry and then i guess it can translate to the rest of the world we need to be more cooperative we need to be more collaborative and we need to be more community based and 
you know, again, it comes from a fear basis of people, you know, I need, I need, I need, I want, you know, give me my money, give me my stuff. If I, you know, highlight someone else, it'll take away from me, but it doesn't, you know, we grow together. We don't grow apart. So uh, it's more important to share and give and anything I could do for you guys is I would love to as well. I love it. Attitude of servitude. If I've learned anything since I've left investment banking and, and English <laughs> teaching and everything else is you have that you have that attitude of servitude and you're not going to have to worry in life. Things are going to work out. If I want to keep mine, I got to give it away. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Carol, it has been an absolute Awesome pleasure to talk with you today. I the, had a ball. You guys are amazing. The I love you. Carol oh, thank you. Scott. Likewise. Yeah, well, uh, well it's not the end of our hug. it's not the end of our relationship there, Carol, you know. No, no. Come on. Absolutely not. In the summer when I show up on your door and I'm actually <laughs> exactly. you know Actually I am um I'm signed up with a friend. I hope it goes off this year for the the New Hamptons women's half. <gasps> I'll call you. Who's you a strange know. lady on my doorstep? <laughs> who's like, ah, no, no, me. everybody's always welcome. Oh my gosh. Um, so needless to say, please tell our listeners one more time, um, your website, which we'll put out and also, um, well, we spelled conscious body, um, <laughs> consulting already. Um, but just go ahead and, and say, where can we find you? Any social media links? Yeah, I'm on Facebook, uh, as Carol Scott and, as Conscious Body Consulting, and I'm on Instagram as Carol Scott ECA, and uh, the website again is ConsciousBodyConsulting.com. And Conscious is C O N S C I O U S. Got it. And we'll keep an eye Good out enough. for the fledging fig. Yeah, drop me a line. Drop me a line anytime. Oh my goodness, Carol! It has been a uh, absolute fun honor, and um. Loved it. With that said, it's Christine Conti. And I'm Brian Prendergast. And we are Two Fit Crazies. And the microphone. We are where it's at. Peace.